Sheriff's office. The maintenance man here at the school. What? You're the maintenance man. It's what right school? That's right, the high school. I'm in the basement at the high school. There's a big problem out here. There's something terrible going on. There's hollering. Just, just hold like on now. Take it easy. It's like, it's like someone's being. <laughs> What's up, everybody? East Society Podcast, 31 Days of Horror. Tonight, we're coming at you with the 1988 horror sci-fi film, Watchers. There's something out there. You can feel its presence. It has a mind that can reason. You can hear its footsteps. It's disturbed. Insane. But if you see it coming, it's already too late. A new breed of terror from the best-selling novel by Dean Arcus. Corey Haim, Watchers, rated R, starts Friday in theaters everywhere. A spirited golden retriever survives an explosion at a secret government lab and makes its way to the suburbs where it is taken in by Travis, a lonely teenager. Travis quickly discovers that the dog is highly intelligent and is able to use the English language. A ruthless government agent named Lem is out to retrieve the animal, as well as another mutated beast that was released in the explosion and has since embarked on a murderous rampage. That was a lot. Okay. Um <laughs> Uh, IMDb, a boy takes in a stray dog, later discovering that is an ultra-intelligent runaway being stalked by a dangerous creature from the same genetic research lab. That would have been a little bit better, but the other one was full of spoilers, but this movie did come out in 88. This is directed by John Hess. He's the director that brought us Alligator 2, The Mutation, which... I, I, I didn't care for I mean, I love the original alligator, but that second one, uh, I guess you do what you got to do to make films. But anyway, this stars the late and great Corey Heem as Travis, the legendary Michael Ironside, Christopher Cray, uh, Gamma Ray Campbell, Lala Slopeman. Dan O'Dowd, Dale Wilson, Blue Manakuma, uh, Colleen Winton, Deccan Fraser, I think Fraser, whatever you say his name is, Barbara Williams, Matt Hill, and I think his name was, I want to say Brandon Walsh on 90210, and I am correct. This is Jason, a young Jason Priestley. Oh, he's one of the bike friends. Yeah. He's the, other than Corey Hayman and Michael Ironside, he's the only one. Oh, and uh, Blue Manakuma. He was the other one. The only, oh, the only four that I recognize in this film. But, uh, oh, this is a story. This is a, uh, adapted from uh, Dean R. Kuntz's book. Watchers, also written by, oh, written by him, Bill Freed and Damian Lee. 
But Brian, when was you this? When was the first time you seen Watchers? This was another VHS <laughs> early cable days for me, and I clearly remember it because I thought this dog was awesome. Furface is that is that what the dog's name was in the movie? Yeah. And this is just one of those, uh, not not really talked about a lot, but for me, it was just kind of one of those, when I think of Corey Haim movies, this is one of the ones that pop into my head, just because it was on TV so damn much back in the day. And I thought it was an awesome uh, little creature feature. You got Michael Ironside as the government slash secret agency man villain whatever whatever you want to call him and uh yeah um i i really enjoy this one and uh, this is another one why it, it needs a physical media release damn watchers 2 which i've never seen and didn't even know existed got the blu-ray release from a screen factory so let, let's let's get this one all right uh this is the first time i had seen this film uh, again, when I'm searching for movies, I was just kind of scrolling through things and uh, this popped up. So I was like, OK, cool. And it was uh, streaming on YouTube, the whole movies there. It's not the greatest copy, but it, it's enough to enjoy it. It is full screen, so it's basically just a square. I don't know. Uh, like the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you younger or you older listeners. Remember the square TVs that we grew up with. Um, but yeah, I'd never even, I've never seen this film. I heard of it because back in the VHS days, I do remember seeing the box. And of course, everybody knows who Corey Haim is. Uh, he was uh, big at this time. Uh, it was probably pretty much right after ooh, Lost Boys was 87. So I would say this was maybe somewhere around. Uh, License to Drive from Dream a Little Dream. Let me see when this one was. Oh, it was, it was right in between License to Drive and Dream a Little Dream. So, and then after that, we got the great uh, Prayer for the Roller Boys. Go over to <laughs> Stream Fiends and listen to that one. Um, Drug dealing rollerbladers. Yeah. Uh, what was their thing they were saying? Oh God! Day of the day of the rope. Day of the day of the rope. Yeah. <laughs> their little white trench coats or whatever. <laughs> they said they were white supremacists, but I, I didn't get it. <laughs> I mean, sure, to, to to make them more evil, I guess. But I don't remember anything. I mean, there might have been a couple drop lines, but yeah. Prayer of the Road Boys. Go listen to that review. <laughs> yeah. I did like that movie, though, but it, it was kind of goofy. But anyway. So, yeah, seeing this uh, on the video rack, um, other than Corey Haim catching uh, my, my eye on it, it uh, says on the poster, it started as a secret experiment. It ended as a new breed of terror. And we see the creature of... Not the dog, but the creature that's chasing the dog in this on the on the cover, and I always thought it it reminded me of a predator. So yeah. I was kind of like, whoa! Is but that probably other than Corey Ham, I was like, whoa! Is that predator? 
but I never saw the film. I never picked it up and rented it or anything. So I just kind of went over over me. I mean, I remember seeing it every time I went in to the horror section. It was right there, but I just never. I think at that time I never heard anything about it. But like it says here on the poster, from the best-selling thriller suspense novel by Dean R. Coots. Um, one of my friends, we were talking about this uh, the other day when I was watching this because uh, <clears throat> she was texting me about some movie she was watching. And I told her I was watching this. And she was like, oh, man, that movie's awesome. And she's a book reader. And she said she read the book. She had said the book was a little more be- was better. I said, it's always better than the movies. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to watch this. And uh, I'll let you know what I think of it. Um. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie. It's always good to see Corey Haim. Rest in peace. Um, I'm Michael this Ironside. Is, this is peak Corey Haim's too, with the yeah. hair and the, the way he's dressed. He just looked like the dinger from uh, uh, Dream a Little Dream. Well, obviously, that was the next movie he did. But um, I don't know who the the young uh, La, Lala Slotman is, but she she was a little cutie when she was in it. She was only in the beginning and kind of towards the end. But Michael Ironside, it doesn't matter when he when you see his name pop up on the screen, you know you're gonna get uh, badassery, and that's exactly who he was in this. And uh, he's gonna be down at Texas Frightmare next year, and I'm like, well, what do I want him to sign? Do I want him to sign my Major Pain Blu-ray, or do I want him to sign my Scanners, or my V, uh, the Final Battle? I mean, I, I would I would go with something random like Major Pain. <laughs> he's only in it for like a minute, but <laughs> I mean, because uh, when we were when I was down there with you guys that one year, and uh, we were supposed to interview um, Lance Hendrickson. But uh, we were cock blocked by by one of his handlers. I was gonna get him to sign my man's best friend DVD. <laughs> I haven't seen that in forever either. But man, oh. <laughs> but but this movie, it's good. I mean, I I liked what it was. It's it's late '80s, so you can't go wrong there. And uh, Corey Hain, man, he he's doing uh, what he does. Um, but this one, I mean, they tried to give you a really good story on what what, what was going on in this film. Uh, I believe it did get a small um, theatrical release, but it didn't it didn't it didn't go too far. It says here uh, they filmed it all in Canada. Um, critical reception of the watchers has been. Mostly negative from critic Leonard Malton awarded the film one and a half out of possible four stars, calling it awful and criticized the film's monster as being ludicrous. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it did get sequels despite being no sequel novels from Koontz. Producer Roger Gorman, of course, has released three sequels, Watchers 2, Watchers 3 and Watchers Reborn. I didn't even know they did a three and a four. I knew they did a two because um, what's his name's in that? The dude from V <laughs> that I just uh, mentioned. He's in it. Uh, Mark Singer. Looking He's in it. Watchers Reborn. Looks like Mark Hamill's in that one. Oh, Luke Sky- Luke Skywalker. Who's in three? 
I have no idea. Wings Hauser. Damn it. And Mark (laughs) Hamill. He's in that one. Oh, no, three. I'm sorry. I'm looking at uh, Reborn. Did you say three? Three Um, is Wings Hauser. Whoa. What's this on the cover? Uh, Yeah, I don't know who else these other people are, but. Oh, man. If we fall down this hole, everyone, it might be. It'll be next year. Yeah, let me hold on a minute. Um, <laughs> I gotta see. It, it watches two. Let's see if that's on we go YouTube. From Mark Singer and to there Wings it is. Hauser to Mark Hamill. There, there's Watchers two is on YouTube. Uh, Watchers three is on there. Um. Come on, four, and there it is. <laughs> All right. Ah, <laughs> uh, we may fall down that one, that hole, everyone. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Maybe there'll be either stream fiends or I don't know some bonus thing we find. Uh, I don't know. Or do you guys want to wait a whole year until we get to them? But I kind of want to see two. Um, maybe we'll get two, and then we'll do three and four next year. Uh, for you guys <laughs> But who knows Depends on how two is We may fall into that hole And end up uh, getting all of them in there <laughs> But Anyway Watchers 1 uh, 1988 Science fiction horror film Directed by John Hess of course Alright here's the beginning of, of, of the plot Um It says <clears throat> Excuse me everyone Um Damn it, why is everyone starting to text me now, man? No one said nothing to me all day. An explosion occurs in a classified resource laboratory, causing an intense fire. A mutated monster known as the Oxcom, outside experimental combat mammal. Sure. Did they even say that in the movie? (laughs) I don't think, they might have said Oxcom, but I don't think they ever broke down what it was. Yeah, they said Oxcom. I mean, they said that a few times in the beginning, but they didn't say. Well, maybe it says that in the book, so maybe well, that's we'll, where we'll get to the twist when it was when there was a third creature. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the Oxcom escapes and chases the Golden Retriever from the same lab through the surrounding woods. Alrighty. So yeah, in the very beginning of the film, uh, we don't know what happens. All we see is the big you know, this lab blows up and nobody knows i mean i mean good special effects man it was they built this place and, and blew it up in, in the woods of canada we see the oxcom the the predator looking monster he runs out uh into the woods he kind of looks like um bigfoot um a gorilla or, or whatever i don't know it's running on twos so He's running along. They don't know what's happening uh, and everything. And then we're introduced to Lem and another guy that, uh, I don't know, I guess he's one of the the operatives that works at the, the, the secret lab. lab. And he's telling them, he goes, yeah, um, there's already on new news that there was a, an explosion at the lab. And they're saying that the scientists they spoke to, there's no kind of... Uh, uh, chemical uh, danger, so everything's good. And all the research animals that were doing there, they said 
basically burned up in the fire. And so when that was all on the news. So when this other guy's talking to Lem, he's like, all right, well, uh, everything's blown up. Uh, everything should be good. And Lem's like, well, it's obviously something escaped or you wouldn't have called me. Because if it was just the explosion, you would have called somebody else to handle that. So he's like, yeah, well, we got uh, one of uh, two of the subjects escaped. Uh, the dog, they just had a golden retriever. They just kept saying dog and and an Oxcom. I think it was Oxcom 7 or something like that. So they're like, hmm, well, all right. Well, he's, Lem started asking. I'm just on Michael Ironside. He's kind of like, well, are they still linked up or what's going on? And he goes, yeah. He goes, they're, they're still kind of linked. Um, the 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 dog got uh, got out first and the oxcom is is after it he says so i'd say we'd give it a few days and then maybe the uh the oxcom will catch the dog and kill it and kill what whoever's with it or around it so he's kind of like okay so so he's like all right well that's my mission let me go uh figure out what's happening here so we see the dog running through the woods, and then he kind of comes to a barn. And in that barn is our hero, Travis, uh, Corey Hayne. He's uh, getting it on uh, with his girlfriend. This is kind of secret rendezvous in the barn. Uh, she's uh, telling him that my dad's here, so we got to be careful. So they're just kind of doing their thing in there. Um, they start to kind of hear things, but nothing really. So, but... Um, her dad does show up and he kind of gets the hell out of Dodge. So, but before he's doing all this, we're seeing the dog running around on the outside uh, of the barn and then he jumps into the back of Travis's car. So when, uh, he gets in his truck and takes off, um, what the hell is the girl's name? Um, Tracy. Tracy. Her dad comes in, and he's kind of like, hey, what's going on in here? Is, is that boy here? Uh, she's like, uh, and he goes, he was here. So she's just trying to talk her way out of it. And he's like, eh, all right, whatever. So uh, Travis takes off. Now, un- unbeknownst to him, the dog is in the back of his truck. Uh, Tracy is kind of, is that her name, Tracy? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Tracy, she's kind of just finished doing it, doing her things uh, with the animals in the barn. And then she, they, there is something, something watching them. We see like a first-person view uh, looking around. She starts to hear things. She doesn't really know what's up there. And then all of a sudden we hear, Rawr! and then she's, ah, the animals are getting all spooked out. Her dad comes charging in with a, with a rifle. He goes running up to him, but he kind of gets knocked down uh, by he doesn't know what it is. But then the monster jumps on top of him, and he's wrestling around with him. And uh, the Oxcom monster is just throwing him all over the barn. He doesn't know what's happening. Uh, we go to Travis. He's home. He finds out that he's got a dog in the back. And he doesn't know what the hell is going on. He's like, ah, my, mom's, my mom doesn't want you. So I don't know what we can do here. Um, we go back to the, to, the, to the research lab. And we see all these... Um, I guess they're agents or whatever. They're and they're in the woods along with the little foot soldiers looking around. Uh, Lem is there with all his super duper late 
80s uh high tech technology looking around <laughs> it's weird though man you see the the stuff that they use was probably like awesome night vision and it's big and huge and now in 2023 the night vision that you can just go to some sporting goods store and buy is really small <laughs> so oh man the glorious 80s so this is when we're introduced to a, another agent his name is cliff and that's blue matakuma He's uh, talking to him, to, talking to Lim, like, okay, this is this is what we're doing. And they all know of the Oxcom. They all know of the dog. And they're just trying to figure out what they need to do to get the dog and the Oxcom before everything, all hell breaks loose. Basically, I don't think they were trying to uh, catch it to keep it. I think they just wanted to destroy it because they knew uh, the damage it was going to do outside. So we go back to the barn. Uh, the sheriff and everybody is there. The cops are there. And uh, Tracy, her dad, her dad got killed. I mean, we actually kind of, we don't really see it. We just seen him getting thrown around the yard. And they do kind of mention that his eyeballs were, were pulled out. So the sheriff's kind of un- unsure of what's going on or what what, have d- what did this. And because Tracy, she doesn't, she doesn't even know what she saw. So they're like, hmm, okay. But then uh, this is when Lem and uh, the other guys show up. The hell is it? Oh, Cliff. They show up and they want to talk to or just kind of go over the scene, see uh, what it is and who who they have to deal with. And they find out that uh, Tracy was involved and everything. I mean, the cops are bringing out all kinds of evidence. And basically, this is when they brought out the, the dad got his head cut off and his eyeballs pulled out. So they told him. Uh, the sheriff told him that Tracy was involved in this, so, or uh, was was a witness to it. So that hmm, like okay, uh, they keep looking around again. They notice uh, some footprints from the Oxcom. It's like a big old giant uh, footprint, and then we got some dog paws right next to it. Dog paw prints. So they're like, okay, well here's the Oxycom and here's the dog. Now we know the direction they kind of go. So they're not really sure. Uh, Travis is still mobbing down the road trying to get hur- hurry and get home and he's talking to the dog and uh, he just thinks it's the dog dog but when he when he's talking to him he's kind of like um, well I don't think my mom's gonna let me have you and he goes well and if you're he I guess he had snacks and he was giving it to him and he was telling him, I don't have any more snacks uh, to give you because the dog seemed hungry and he goes well there is a candy bar in the uh, in the glove compartment so the dog just looks over there with the paw, opens up the glove compartment, and then pulls out the candy bar. And he's kind of like, whoa. He's just like, what the hell? He's smart dog. So he's kind of like, hmm, well, I guess I'll keep you, and we'll see. So he sneaks into his house, um, just didn't want his mom to know. The next morning – oh, no, he had the dog outside. In the, the next morning, Yeah, when he wakes up. Um, the dog's in his room. And he's like, well, what the hell are you doing here? My mom can't know. But then his mom comes uh, barging in and he had to hide. So he's kind of just, all right, whatever. Um, uh, oh, his mom came in uh, and told him, he said, hey, man, I got some, some news to tell you. And he's like, what? That basically Tracy's in the hospital and her dad got killed. So they go to the hospital to see um, they just wanted to see Tracy, but when they get there, uh, that agent Cliff, he's there and he kind of stops them and tells them like, nah, you guys, you guys can't come in here. 
And she's like, well, we know her. And he's like, this is my girlfriend. I need to see her. So, but when he charges, uh, Travis charges in there, Tracy's not there. So he's like, I'm her boyfriend. Well, what's going on? And then Lem shows up and kind of, uh, well, she's all good, but we took her to another facility for some observation. Yeah, so he's, not, he's not he's not interested until tra- in Travis until he was like, well, I was with her last night. Yeah, and that's when he's kind of like, hmm, okay. So they're not really sure. Uh, Lem and Cliff are kind of going over uh, uh, all their facts and everything of what they got. And they're basically saying that these Oxcom monsters they they were um they were uh, um doing experiments with or basically creating they were going to use them as um uh, war weapons. So instead of sending in soldiers, they were going to send in these Oxcom monsters to go defeat all the enemy and all that. So that was the reason why they were building them because they were talking about they were they're supposed to be the ultimate predators. Um, so they're like, hmm, well, all right, so. I think Lem, oh, Lem was explaining to Cliff what they were doing. So he was like, all right, so now he knows what kind of creatures they're dealing with. We're back at Travis's house. Him and his, his mom finds out about the dog, and he's telling his mom, yeah, but this dog is really smart, man. It, 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 she's like the smartest dog. And she goes, well, obviously he's somebody's dog uh, if you're saying he's so smart. And, but she's kind of not believing him. But then he tells, uh, he started, he named his dog Furface. So he's like, hey, Furface, he goes, uh, there's hot dogs down in the refrigerator. If you get it, a pack of hot dogs, if you go get it, uh, you can have one. So his mom's like looking at him, rolling his eyes. So Furface runs down uh, to the to the refrigerator. He opens it up and pulls out the pack of, pack of hot dogs. So his mom's like, hmm, well, I don't know. He's obviously somebody's if he's this smart. So Travis kind of, he's like, all right. So he's. She she told him earlier. She was like, "Yeah, um, he stinks and he's dirty, so he's gonna give him a bath." Travis's dad is not around. Um, I don't think he died. I think he just took off. But um, yeah, he de- kind of got the impression that he might have died. I know because his dad was a a soldier, so yeah, he might have died. Yeah, he said he said Delta Force. Oh, Delta Force. Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time. I've only seen the first one with Chuck Norris and Lee Marvin. What's his name was in it, too? Uh, Fuck, was his name from uh, American Ninja? The black dude. Oh, Kung Fu Joe? Yeah, he was in it, too. (laughs) I saw that. That's all I see. Everyone, if you guys have seen it, I'm going to get you, sucker. (laughs) Teacher! Teacher! Was Master Lee your, your, your teacher? No. Acting. <laughs> so while Travis is um, giving the uh, the dog a bath, he's uh, cleaning his ears, and he notices inside of his ear there's a tattoo, and it says GH3. And he doesn't really know. He's kind of like, hmm. All right, because it says here, Travis is GH3 tattooed on his ear. And concludes it is a research dog, which would explain its superior intellect. He came so, yeah. to that conclusion fast. Well, I guess to move the story along, but he did. Okay, maybe this is why he's so smart. So I, I don't know. It's just I don't know. Uh, it's just kind of fast. GH three. <laughs> these these are. Uh, Code. This is code. 
you're a research animal. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, he does yell all that. <laughs> then we go back to Lem and Cliff, and they are watching uh, VHS tapes of everything that's going on in the research facility. They're seeing, we're getting quick shots of the Oxycom, and of, there's there's more than one. So they're he's a uh, lamb or not lamb. Um, Cliff is the one watching all this. Lamb already knows all this because we do see lamb in the video like really quick. So there we also see this, uh, other dogs in there. So that he's he's kind of telling them, like yeah this this is what uh, we're doing. I think they were calling it um, the St. Francis Project. Uh, so he's like okay well. He kind of just shared them a little bit more of what was going on and what they were doing and why they created these creatures. So Cliff is kind of like, hmm. He goes, well, are these mistakes? And he's like, no, they're just what they were trying to do. I think the mistake was, I guess it was hard for for them for them to control them. Yeah, I think he said emotionally. Yeah, because they they were they were too smart. Uh, I think that was uh, one of the the main reasons. Um, they weren't just made and programmed to be killers, but I think since um, whatever the tests they were doing on them made them made them all smart. It's not just the dogs that are smart. The uh, excuse me, the Oxycon creatures were smart as well. So yeah, I think like, they just right. said that the Oxycon just went psychotic. So, <laughs> excuse me, um, back at Travis and his mom, she's still trying to figure out uh, everything, but he's just like, mom, she was she was trying to figure out who who the owner was uh, of this. So she starts kind of calling around, but before she can get through to anyone, um, Furface walks over to the wall and pulls the, the phone cord out and travis is like well mom it doesn't mean he obviously doesn't want to go back to where he's from so <laughs> she's like uh well we we what are we gonna do we can't keep him i gotta work and you gotta go to school who's gonna watch him and he's like it's, it's all right he's super smart he can watch himself and she's like what and he's like watch so she's she picks up two magazines uh and she's like okay which one is a deer and I, I don't remember it was on the other magazine. I think it was a TV guide. She's holding like great outdoors or whatever. So he kind of walks over and hits his nose against the deer. And she goes, ah, he just got lucky. So she's uh, holding up another magazine and she's like, uh, well, who is this? And um, uh, no, Travis took took it away from her and it was a TV guide. And he's like, um, is this George Washington? And the dog barked twice. And uh, they kind of made up a thing. Bark once for yes and twice mm-hmm. for no. So, and then he goes, is this Abraham Lincoln? And then he barks once. And he's like, see, he's super smart. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I looked at my dog and I just shook my head. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> it was funny, though, when, when this dog was... Um, uh, look when he when uh, Travis is trying to explain to his mom how smart he is, and then she's like, "Well, he's all right." He looks at her and then he winks, and then she's kind of like, "Well, all right, we'll just uh, figure out something." So we go back out into the woods, and we just see some 
uh, mountain man. Looks like he's living in his own little trailer. And he's got uh, fish and everything that he's cooking over the fire. But he notices uh, something ha- has tampered with it. Like start some something came and ate some of it. So he's kind of like, what the hell's going on? But inside of his trailer, we're seeing the view of somebody watching him. So he goes in his tra- his little trailer to see uh, what's happening. And the Oxycom monster's in there. And, ah! Just attacks him. Knock some things over and all kinds of smoke uh, starts up. Uh, Travis is on his way to school and he comes across his buddies, uh, Jason Priestley and these two other dudes. And they're basically cutting class to go ride their bikes in the woods. Yeah, so. Pig, Piggy and I don't know the other guy's name, but his his mullet was amazing. Well, which one? The... He blonde the blonde, guy. yeah, the blonde yeah. curly mullet. <laughs> that took some work. <laughs> That's the late eighties. I never had a mullet, uh, boys and girls. My brother did. I, I always thought they were stupid. <laughs> so, um, Travis is on his way to school. Uh, we're back at Travis's house. We see somebody's lurking around on the outside. Um, we go into the house, and we see what the hell was that guy's name? I think it was. Bill, I think that was his name. Um, he he is um oh I'm sorry, what was his said? I think he says Ted or something, or I don't know whatever his name is. He's was it that his mom's boyfriend, the handyman the Australian guy? Yeah, I don't think so because there was a scene in a little bit later where he's trying to rub her feet and she's all like uh. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, he's trying to do his thing. He's fixing the washing machine or the dryer or whatever. And Lem comes in and is like, hey, uh, I'm looking for um, Nora. And he goes, oh, well, she ain't here. And and he kind of mentions uh, Travis. Or he goes, hey, uh, does she have a dog? And he goes, oh, no. He goes, no, nah, Travis, uh, I don't think he's got a dog. He, he had a whatever and it died. I can't remember what he said. A snake or something. Um, and he's like, oh, well, okay, well, here, here, here's my card, and uh, just let him know that I came by. So they're like, all right. So he leaves, Lem leaves. We go back to, we go to the school, and we see Furface uh, trying to get into the school, and these two girls are like, <laughs> giggling around. They let him in. And yeah, we Furface, should let him in. Yeah, and Furface is just walking around through the through the halls of the school. Students walking by, nobody caring that there's strange dog. Uh, well, could be some, rabid. Somebody says, somebody says, what's up, dog? <laughs> no, just keep walking. I, I know if I'm at a school and I see a dog roaming the halls, I'm like, whoop, I'm getting out of there because you, you don't know. I mean, you never know, man. If you see. You ain't uh, just walking up saying, what's up, dog, and then just keep on strolling? No, nah, man. I'm turning around and going the other way. <laughs> so. Uh, Furface eventually finds um, Travis. He's in his computer class. And then Travis, I mean, uh, Furface, he's super smart. So he goes up, and while Travis is, is up in the front talking to his teacher, he picks up a pencil and starts typing in, onto the computer. And he he, t- he types in uh, danger, NSO, on the computer screen. So when Travis walks back over there, he's like, well, What are you doing here? And then he's like, he 
the dog kind of gives him the nod, like, look at the screen. And then he sees it, and he's like, oh, no. And he goes, are we in, are we in danger? And then he, he barks. And then everybody turns and looks. And he's like, oh, shit. So the teacher's kind of like, hey, Travis, stay after school. So he's like, ah. So he's ass out. Um, We go back to uh, Jason Priestley and the gang. Uh, they're cruising around. They go by um, that uh, mountain guy, the way his little camp, his trailer is. And they notice that the sheriff's department's over there. And they're kind of like, hey, man, maybe the, uh, the cops found uh, all his weed that he was growing. So they're not really sure, but they they don't know what's happening. So they're kind of like, well, let's get out of here before they see us. So they take off. Uh, here comes Lem and Cliff. They show up on the scene, and they're talking to the sheriff. And the sheriff's kind of like, look, man, you NSO guys are just popping up at all these things that's going on. Are you going to tell us anything? And he's kind of like, yeah, well, uh, we're not really sure. We're just kind of checking things out. So. Uh, he, of course, he's not going to tell him anything. We go back out to the woods. Uh, what is Jason Priestley's name? Um, it just says boy on bike. I think they said his name uh, when uh, when Travis rolled up on him. Yeah, the only one I caught was the, the, the one kid they just kept calling him Piggy. A little nerdy, fat kid. I mean. Which, I mean, he was answering to it. So I'm assuming this is his nickname. I guess, man, but. I don't know, man. Movies yeah. are always they're always mean to fat kids. <laughs> so Yeah. Actually they're all boy on bike. <laughs> so they're uh, just kind of riding their mountain bikes through the through the trails. Um so they're they also kinda they start taking off and because uh, they hear something and then they're just ah they, they take off. Oh no, one of the boys gets uh, the dude with the with the fresh mullet. He yeah, gets he, it. He he gets it first. Yeah, he gets um, yoked up in the air. <laughs> yeah, uh, that uh, Oxcom jumps down out of the woods, picks him up, throws him in the air. Uh, Jason Priestley's like, "Oh shit!" Then he starts hauling ass, and he's yelling to Piggy like, "Come on, get out of here! Get out of here! Punch it!" And they're hauling ass ass down these uh, dirt trails with. All kinds of stairs and things, and they're just they're just trying to get away. And then uh, I don't know what happened. Jason Priestley just went ah, and then drove off the uh, the cliff uh, on his bike. And then we see him, uh, awesome stunt. Whoever the stunt guy is, he's he's rolling down the hill on his bike, and it's a steep hill. Uh, we go back to Piggy. He's hauling ass, and you, we we hear something uh, growling. And then out of the, from out of nowhere. Here comes the oxcom, knocks down a, a tree branch, stops Piggy. And he flips over his handlebars onto the ground, and then ah, and that's all we we all that's all we hear. So yeah, I, I will say one thing. I wish there would have been more of is uh, more the better look at the death scenes because a lot of them were cutaways and off screen. That's why when I was watching this, I was wondering if this was a made for TV movie because they really started cutting away from things uh each time well with the murders we've gotten so far from uh from the oxcom monster but we go back to the school uh his computer teacher is kind of like well he finished his uh, well he had to stay after school so he finished whatever he was working on and his teacher's uh impressed with it so he's like oh yeah cool why did run on party so we go back to the woods and we see the the creature 
running around through the woods and he ends up getting to a fence and it's to the school. So, I mean, earlier, like we said, the the dog and the Oxcom monster are linked. So they kind of know uh, where each other's at. So, because uh, the dog was there with Travis and then, so he goes there. We were seeing a uh, a guy that's working down in the, uh, I assume the janitor and he's got his little maintenance room shop. He's down there doing his thing. Uh, we go back to the computer lab and the teacher's in there uh, just doing his thing. And then all of a sudden he starts to hear things. And then all of a sudden uh, ah, he gets attacked. <laughs> so a lot of these kills are yeah. just close up on the person and they're just like, ah! Yeah, because he hears something. And he's lurking around and we see the Oxcom like crawling under the under the table the computer tables and then he just jumps up and we don't see nothing we just see that guy's mouth go ah and then when he starts yelling um the maintenance man down in the in the basement or wherever he hears that guy screaming through the the air ducts so he's kind of like whoa what the fuck's going on so he runs over to the phone and he calls the sheriff's office and he's telling him he goes yeah man i'm the maintenance man and I don't know what's going on, but there's something happening here. You guys need to get over here. And we see the first person of something walking through the maintenance room. And then while this guy's on the phone, ah, he starts this, screaming. This part I didn't get. Why would it go down into the maintenance room after the, the maintenance janitor guy? I don't know. Just to give us more kills. Yeah, because we're... We're under the assumption that it's going wherever the dog has been. Yeah. <laughs> but it decides to go murder one more person. Oh, yeah. He he just... He... <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, just more kills. I, I can't explain why. <laughs> so. I, it, I, I did crack up to this scene because after he gets off the phone... Or the... the the cop gets off the phone and the sheriff's like, well, what did he want? And she was like, I don't know. He called back or he hung up. If it's serious, he'll call back. <laughs> because I don't mean, I don't know why they didn't rush over there because when the, uh, when he's on the phone, he turns and sees the monster coming at him and he goes, ah! and then the monster like pushes him and he goes flying across the room, slams into, I don't know, something that's on the wall and he's, stabs through it and he's he's hanging on it well with all the screaming she thinks it's something wrong with the phone because she like bangs the phone on the, the desk <laughs> it's like hello hello i mean she should have heard the the roars and the uh, him screaming but then she's kind of like yeah and the sheriff's like yeah who is it because i don't know maintenance man's over at the high school and uh i, I was screaming and, and and he's like and what and he goes, well, if it's important, he'll call back. Yeah, I'm like, wow. Good, good police work. <laughs> so uh, the monster is just kind of walking through the school. Um, and then the uh, the sheriff and his deputy, they said, all right. So they kind of they show up. Um, I assume they just knew something bad was happening because they roll in there with shotguns uh, ready to go. So they're not really sure what's happening. So they're kind of walking around. And... I don't know why no one else is there and, and all the doors of the school are open, but okay. Uh, so they go into, um, what they didn't know. They, oh, they go into the computer lab 
And that's when they find uh, the teacher laying there and his eyes ripped out. And then they go, they go downstairs into the, to the maintenance room and they're looking around and they, uh, they find the uh, maintenance man and he's laying there. I know, I think he was uh, still on the wall. The, uh, the deputy, the girl, the female, the one that answered the phone, she starts, they kind of separate when they're still down in the maintenance room. So she starts climbing up, uh, one of the ladders to go up and see, uh, I guess get better view or whatever. But when she gets to the top, she's, ah, she sees something and we just see a paw <laughs> or a claw knock her in the face. And she goes flying back up against these, I don't know, power grid or something. And she just, ah, she gets electrocuted and everything. I'm surprised she didn't squeeze off a few rounds, uh, from the shotgun. Cause she was still well, holding it. She, Clearly is not a good cop. <laughs> so the sheriff goes down there. He's like, fuck. So he walks over to Porter. That was her name. And when he sees her, she's laying there dead, of course, shocked. And her eyeballs, her eyeballs, one of them's gone and one of them's hanging out. At this point is when I went, okay, this was must have been either straight to video or in the theater. Because I know this wouldn't have been on TV. So the, the sheriff was kind of like, oh, man. So he doesn't know. What the hell's happening? Uh, he does get swatted uh, by the monster, but he gets away and, and gets the hell out of Dodge because he just he starts running. He loses his shotgun and he's just got his sidearm and he's running down these halls, throwing everything he could, uh, pulling lockers down. Now, that's not safe if they're just if he could just pull them down easy like that. <laughs> so he, um, he runs down. He he locks this door. And shuts it, and then he makes it outside to his uh, his little squad car, his uh, SUV, and boom, he gets the hell out of there. Uh, next scene, we're back at the school. The uh, everybody's there. The whole sheriff's department, uh, the, the the ambulance, and it looks like the news is there because they're doing uh, news stories. Lemon Cliff are there, and they're trying to figure out. All right, well, we we know what's going on. We know what caused this. And then Lem goes up the cliff. Uh, no, the sheriff grab was about to get on Lim, but then Cliff grabs him and he's like, "Look, he goes, you know, you know something. Why can't you tell me?" And Lem just goes, "I can't tell you." And he goes, "What?" And he goes, "Why not?" And he goes, "I just, you're in the need to know." <laughs> so he's kind of like, "Man, it's whatever that was killed my deputy," and he's just telling him, "Like, look, man, because I I can't tell you anything. So just suck it up and and deal with it." Oh. Uh, we go back. Uh, no, uh, Lem and the sheriff kind of walk off, and he starts telling them, he starts telling them about the Oxycom and the dog, on how they're linked up, and something has to be done, uh, and we're, and we're that's why we're trying to catch them, and that's what's killing all your people in this town. So the sheriff's kind of like, well, if you guys know this, and now I know, I'm not. He basically gonna say he was gonna let everybody know, but. Um, Lamb doesn't uh, doesn't go that way because he the sheriff starts to walk away. He walks up behind him. He grabs him, punch, uh, punches him in the gut, then gives him a knee, slams his head into his uh, his ride uh, through the window. And then he just starts slamming his face on the uh, the window sill of, of the car, of the truck. And I don't know, I guess it like broke his nose or something because his jaws is hanging open and blood's coming out. He picks him up. Throws him on top of the hood of his uh, his little uh, sheriff SUV, 
And then you, he kind of pulls his sleeves back and then he just digs in. And I assume he pulled out his eyes. Uh, I don't, we don't know why yet. And then he just kind of rubs his blood Ooh. on the, the sheriff's <laughs> foreshadowing to the reveal later. Yeah. So we're back at uh, Travis's house. His mom's there. Uh, that maintenance man is, is trying to get his, uh, Groove on, rubbing her feet, but she ain't having it. She's feeling all grossed out. Travis comes home. Yeah, no and, means no, everybody. Yeah. So Travis is, I mean, he finds out that um, his teacher was murdered at, at the high school. And uh, this maintenance guy said, I'm like, oh, yeah, man, some guy came here yesterday, man, looking for uh, you. And, uh, oh, because when Travis walks in, he walks in with fur face. And that guy, that's when he remembers like, oh, you do have a dog. And then he goes, hey, yeah, hey, there was a guy here yesterday looking for you. And then they, they were looking for, he asked me if you guys had a dog. And they're like, uh, okay. So Travis is kind of like, well, he knows it's the NSO. And oh, then his fur mom, face knows. Because I cut to the <laughs> cut to fur face. And he has to look like, oh, shit. Got to get out of here. So Travis is like, uh, we need to get out out of here so he runs upstairs starts packing his bags and he's getting ready to to get out of there or he got out he jumped into his uh truck and then him and Furface took off but his mom kind of knows uh well shit something's happening so i better go chase after my son so she goes running out uh to travis all right now we're in the backyard of the house and we see something lurking around going up the stairs the the maintenance guy is still in the house because he's got uh, to fix some more things he starts to hear something he's not really sure travis and his mom are outside talking and basically saying that he's like well we need to get out of here because they're they're coming for us but she's like all right well go up to the cabin and uh we'll we'll figure out something later or no they were they were talking about let's go back in the house and let's figure something out but as they were going back in Furface kind of stops and he notices something's going on so they go into the house um travis goes into the kitchen he sees that it's ransacked he doesn't know what's going on he kind of sees a, a trail of blood so he follows it and it's the maintenance guy he's laying uh in the in the little area where the, the washing machine is he's laying there and his eyes are pulled out so he goes ah then travis looks out the window and we see a quick no no he not his eyes isn't out he, his head is gone was this head in the dryer? I assume. Well, so, I don't think we see it. Did the Oxcom fix the dryer? Because we get the scene right before then when he goes to turn on the dryer and it sparks up and breaks because he supposedly fixed it. So, well, he is Ox- super. He is super smart. <laughs> so, did he fix it with the sole purpose of putting the guy's head in there? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, because yeah, when he tested, it it sparked, and it was all smoky. So, I guess the Oxcon came in, killed that guy, pulled his head off, fixed the dryer, then threw his head in it. <laughs> so, they see uh, the monster comes crashing into the house, and uh, they run upstairs, and they're like, "Oh fuck, what are we gonna do?" And Furface comes running up after them. So what they do is they break one, open one of the windows. Uh, Travis is in his room and he runs and grabs his rifle and his shells. I think it was a shotgun. And then uh, they go jumping off out. They're 
from their house, they climb out the window, they jump off the roof onto the next uh, roof. I don't know if that was garage or somebody else's house. Uh, Furface is still in the house barking, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> um, the uh, Oxycon comes crashing through. But when Furface looks like he was about to jump out the window, uh, we see the claw and the arm of the Oxycon monster. I guess he threw Furface out the window. Um, Travis takes a shot at him, and then he takes off his mom and Travis. They jump off the roof of the house, and then Furface jumps. Uh, I don't know. He just jumps and then gets hurt because he's laying there uh, on the ground when he. I guess that's when the the oxycom threw him out. So Travis runs over to pick him up. He's carrying him. His mom jumps in the truck. She backs it up. Uh, they they jump in the back of the truck and then boom, get the hell out of there. So they're like, ah, what what are we gonna do? We need we need to just get out of here. All right, police, uh, ambulance, everybody's uh, Lamb and Cliff show up. News, the, yeah, the murders that, continue at such and such or whatever address. <laughs> yeah. So they they Cliff comes out and goes, yeah, man, there's a body in there that's pretty mutilated and. Uh, that's the only thing in there. So like, ah, fuck. Well, the creatures are are running around. So let's uh, let's go let's go find them. <laughs> that was all they could do. Uh, Travis and his mom took the dog to a um, a vet because he was just kind of getting them looked over because I think he hurt himself when he got thrown out of the house. So the vet is kind of looking around and he flips up over to, uh, up uh, the dog's ear and he sees the the GH three tattoo in there and he's kind of like hmm he starts asking questions and they're kind of getting all uh, antsy about it the uh, vet goes out into the next room and he sees uh, or he has a flyer uh, for a dog uh, and it says reward it's got pictures of the dog and it's got a picture of the inside of his ear so he knows that he's got to call someone so Travis kind of realized we got to get the hell out of here this guy's going to sell us out so they jump in their truck and, and they take off. Shout out to his mom because she's like just going with it. Yeah, she's she's at least believing and knowing that something uh, somebody bad's coming after them. So they take off. They kind of drive up to a ways, I guess, out of town. They end up staying at some uh, little roadside motel. And uh, they're just trying to figure out, OK, um, we need to just crash here. But the, wherever they were staying, they they didn't allow pets. So they're like, ah, well, we're going to do what we got to do and just pretend there. So, But they all kind of camp out for the night. They're wrecked. And then so they're – I don't know how um, Lem and Cliff found them because they showed up right at the um, the little motel they were at. Yeah. Now that you're thinking about it, they sure did just go straight to where they was. Because if, let's just say there's some kind of tracking thing in this dog, then they would have found it right in the get-go in the beginning. So I'm going to make up something saying that she used a credit card. They was able to triangulate the, the location with technology. Mm. Well, yeah, there was credit cards back then but i don't know i i don't know i mean there was early internet but not everybody had it so 
Um, unless you were rich, like uh, Matthew Broderick in uh, War Games. Or maybe what? somebody you made a phone call. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, because they kind of roll in there and they're arguing with the people that own the place. And they're like, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, they're here. And uh, they were kind of arguing about the dog. Your dog better not have messed up my room and all this. So Travis gets up because he sees a fur face looking out the window and he barks. So, oh, excuse me. Uh, Travis goes over to the window and he sees Lem and Cliff and he's like, oh, shit. So he runs over. Mom, get up. We got to get out of here. So she's like, all right. Um, Everyone just kind of threw on their clothes real fast. And she's like, you know what? You guys just go out the window in the bathroom and uh, I'll handle these guys. So Travis and Furface jump out the window. Um, she opens up the door. Uh, she's talking to uh, Lem and they're like, hey, well, can we come in? And she's like, uh, yeah, because she had the chain on the door. So she kind of opens up the, she unlocks the chain and they just barge their way in and telling her, all right, well, we, we need your son. We need that dog. And she's like, well, I don't know where they are. So uh, you can fuck off. And as she tries to leave, and I'm like, nope, you ain't going nowhere. So like, uh, so they kind of just kind of keep her. But she was like trying to talk to them so Travis and uh, Furface can get away because their truck was right in front of their room. So they yeah, jump he, in he, there. He told he told her he told him to put it put it in gear and let it roll down the hill so it won't make no noise. And then he was like, I already know, mom. I've been sneaking out for months now. But they, I don't think they lived on a hill, and uh, their truck was uh, well, it, it in a garage. For, it worked for the moment. <laughs> well, it probably worked here, but it didn't even look like it, it, it. I don't know. It was flat. Anyway, so they got away. <laughs> um, the Lemon Cliff, uh, the NSO guys, they they took uh, Travis's mom with them. So, but she did tell him, you know what, go up to the cabin, and I'll try to meet you guys there. So when Lem and Cliff walk out, and that's when they notice the truck is gone, and they're like, "Uh, all right, um, we'll do, we'll do what we got to do. We we know but, you're lying." <laughs> but they but they are taking her to see Tracy. Yeah. So the uh, motel manager, the the woman, the wife, she goes into the room, and she's cleaning up the room, and there's obviously. Tons of dog hair everywhere. I mean, I don't, I don't have a golden retriever. I don't know how they shed, but uh, she had like a vacuum full of dog hair, so it must have been like all over the place. So, was it just um, me, or even after the furface had a bath, did he still look dirty? Uh, well, he's running and ducking and dodging all these uh, secret agent men <laughs> and running dirty away after from he a took monster. A bath. <laughs> I don't know. He was running around in the woods and jumped off a house. <laughs> so I don't know. But the uh the 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 motel manager lady, she is uh in cleaning up all the room and she starts hearing things. And then while she's in the bathroom in of the room, she we hear and the arms of the oxycom grab her by the face and blood's pouring out everywhere and pulls her out of the window. And yeah, it's just a huge bloody mess in, in the bathroom. So she's done. <laughs> she's done for. We go out into the into the woods. Uh, Travis and Furface make it to the cabin, and they're like, "All right, well, we're gonna we're gonna hold up here, and uh, 
well, we should be all good because he's saying my dad taught me how to live off the land and we'll we'll just do what we need to do. His dad was Delta Force. <laughs> so we go back to wherever uh, they took um, uh, Travis's mom and she go, they, they put her in the room where Tracy was and she's laying there. She's got IVs hooked up to her. She's got a big old bandage on her head. So she's kind of like, ah, well, he goes, you know what? She needs someone to be with her. We can't always be here with her, so you you stay in this room with her. So she's like, all right. We go back up to the cabin. Um, Travis and uh, Furface are just trying to do their thing. Uh, they do. I know they do go and get supplies, and then they come back. Yeah, he goes to get ammunition, and he all right. talks, to, talks to the guy in the cell and gives him <laughs> ammunition. I think he's looking for like... 30 odd six buckshot yeah, or something. Like, I'm hunting grizzly. He's like, you know those those are protected. protected. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean maybe in the late eighties you can sell some sixteen year old kid uh ammunition, but Well, he told him about his Delta Force dad trained him and said when he's sixteen, it's when he <laughs> becomes a man or, or whatever he told him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah so he got ammo and he got food and supplies uh we go back to where uh travis's mom's at and she's uh really looking examining tracy she takes the uh head bandage off of her she's like there's nothing wrong with her what's going on and then they have those ivs in her and then they're trying to well she was uh real hysterical so we had to drug her up to to calm her down and uh, she's kind of like, uh, well, you just need to, you know, they're telling her, you need to just tell us where they are. And she's like, I'm not telling you guys anything. So they're like, all right. So they kind of leave the room. I think this is when we see the, 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 when he goes to the store and everything. Because he leaves Furface. And when he comes back, he's got food, ammo, and uh, dog, dog snacks. Dog yeah. Uh, while he was gone, they were they have the Scrabble game, and Furface kind of takes uh, out some letters and spells some stuff out uh, for Travis to read, and it says, uh, "If I stay, you die." And uh, this is all what he spelt out with the Scrabble letters. And he's like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Man, we're, Travis is like, we're in this together, man." He goes, "I'm not going nowhere." So um, we go back to Tracy and uh, Travis's mom. What's her name? Nora or? I think that was her name i don't remember um and she's talking she's like where's travis he goes oh well he's he's up at the woods at whatever whatever creek and they're like oh okay and uh he, he'll be all right and uh and they're like yeah everything's cool but then cliff and uh lem come walking in and they're like all right well uh we're all going and she's like what and he goes where are you going and then lem's like uh is it Torin Creek or Torn Creek or whatever? I don't know where the hell yeah, he it was. Does his, he does this villain thing where he pulls out the, the microphone and he's like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so, because uh, when she was saying all this, telling Tracy where they were, I was thinking, are you stupid? This room could be bugged. And that's exactly Not even bugged. <laughs> they, were, they just went to the other room and you're like, Torn, Torn Creek or whatever cabin. Yeah. Telling her, telling her the whole the whole plan and so that's when they come walking yeah, in. tracy <laughs> didn't need to know either 
Yeah. She just said Travis is Travis is fine. That's all. Yeah, that's all she needed to know. <laughs> so we go back to the cabin, and um, this kind of reminded me of Predator because uh, Travis is gearing up for war. He's siphoning gas out of the truck. Uh, he's got these motion sensors uh, all over outside. <laughs> Tell you, uh, Delta Force. <laughs> he lights up some torches that he has out in the woods on giant sticks. He just uh, needed to scream. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. That would have made this perfect. Uh, we go back in the house. He's making pipe bombs and um, uh, what are those things? Claymores or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's making pipe bombs. He's putting in. Uh, screws and nails and everything in there. Uh, Molotov cocktails and in beer bottles with, with the gasoline, and uh, he's got all his ammo and everything, so he's ready. So they're sitting there, they're ready, they're ready for war, and then they start playing uh, Scrabble, and you you know how smart uh, Furface is, because uh, their whole board is full of tiles, and and <laughs> they got all kinds of words spelt. I did like this part though because uh, um, Furface spells a word D Z, and he's like, "That's not a word." And then he leans over, to Furface leans over, picks up the dictionary, and then hands it to uh, Travis. So Travis has to look it up. So he's like, "What?" <laughs> it was an abbreviation for dozens, and he goes, there's no yeah. abbreviations. <laughs> yeah, I'll take, I'll take that. I think that's cheating. <laughs> so why they're so while they're sitting there, um, uh, Furface barks and uh, like, hey, man, somebody's coming. So uh, they Travis gets up, gets his little honey knife and his little weapons that he made. And uh, he looks out the window and he sees uh, a truck coming. So they're like, all right, man, this is it. So uh, let's get ready. So he starts grabbing all his pipe bombs and everything. He, uh, there's this big, huge pipe bomb that he had. He uh, takes it outside and then lights it. I mean, like right at the port on the porch. I'm like, how, how did they not see him? <laughs> so, so he lights that up and then he uh, takes off. Uh, but then he, he grabs his rifle and he's ready to shoot. But when the car pulls up, um, his mom and Tracy get out. So he's like, wow, oh, fuck. He's like, mom, hide or duck or whatever. Right before that um, pipe bomb <laughs> blows up. So. Because Travis jumps down and grabs it and throws it, like, towards them. That was the thing that was that was dumb. <laughs> so <laughs> it blew up. Like, right, because when it, when it blew up, it was, like, right next to them. And they were like, ah, and they ran. Uh, Mom and Tracy ran. They ran into the into the cabin. Lamb and Cliff kind of jump on, on a car. And then Cliff was like, what are we doing, man? He goes, we can't just kill these people. And he goes, somebody's going to know. We're going to get in trouble, basically. And Lem is like, so? And he goes, that's our job. And Cliff is like, I'm not killing no woman and, and two kids. And then uh, Lem is like, well, that's the difference between you and I. And it's like, what? And, and he goes, I, I basically, I don't give a fuck and I don't have no feelings. So he gets up. Oh, no, this is when we find out that um, there was uh, a third creature. Yeah, there was a third experiment. Yeah. And Lem is that experiment because he basically tells him, goes, look, I have no morals and I have no fear yeah. and I don't give a fuck. I'm so the, I'm the perfect killing machine. Yeah, 
he's one of the Oxcom uh, experiments. So Cliff is like, oh, fuck. All right. So he's telling him, like, yeah. And he goes, you know what? And he goes, what makes me so special is I'm the perfect killing machine. And he goes, and I've got no conscience. And then <laughs> shoots uh, Lem in the head. So Lem so, goes. So is, is he connected also? Because this would help me make sense of how they showed up at the, the, the motel. Oh, I'm, now I'm thinking about it. They did go to, they did show up to everywhere the the creature was at. Maybe he was linked to the creature or something because okay. cause they seemed to just show up uh, right where everything was going on. I, I don't know, maybe he was kind of linked up to that dog, but then it goes to why didn't they just go right to where the dog was in the beginning? So I don't know, but he's he's got maybe his link isn't as strong as the the monster and the dogs is. And that's that's the only reason I can think of. <laughs> but so uh, Travis and his mom and Tracy are in the house, and they're still gearing up for war. And basically, they they're just gonna fight uh, Lem because he's still trying to get in there. Uh. Uh, Travis goes outside He lights off one of the Molotov cocktails And throws it At their truck And it kind of goes under And blows up that truck So they're like oh man what the hell So while he's looking around Lem comes out And grabs Travis And then starts uh, fighting with him Cause uh, he's he was No he was in their truck Cause then he opens up the door And knocks Travis down Then he picks him up and Travis is like, ah, he's trying to fight him. And he's basically, look, man, where's this dog telling him? That goes, yeah. He goes, uh, basically, I'm going to kill you. And then I'm going to kill your mom and your girlfriend. And then get that dog. And we're going to get the hell out of here. So uh, he's telling him and, and explaining to him who he is. Um, Travis pulls out his little his little knife and tries to stab him. But uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. Because uh, Lem grabs grabs the knife or grabs uh Travis's hand with the knife, gets it down to his leg and starts cutting his leg. I love this part cuz um Travis is ah! screaming hell loud. <laughs> <laughs> uh Lem is laughing and then he's kind of like ah then all of a sudden Lem looks up and first fur face jumps out of the window. Uh, and attacks Lem, knocks him down off of um, um, off of Travis. And then while Travis, he gets up, pulls the knife out of his leg. He runs over to Lem and just boom, stabs him in the throat. Lem kind of just grabs uh, Travis by the head and he's fighting him. And he's still pushing that knife deeper into his throat. And then he kind of pushes Travis down. And then he grabs that knife and with both hands and just pulls it out of his neck uh blood pouring out of his neck and out of his mouth so he's like ah he's telling he goes you can't win and he he's coming at travis and travis is like oh fuck because he can't get up and run he's got a big hole in his leg but right before he gets too close to him uh travis's mom with that shocker pumps a couple uh rounds into him and looks like it just blows his chest open and he falls down and then that's the end of Lem. They go back into the house. 
they're trying to fix up um, Travis's uh, leg. And they know the monster's still out there because they hear it. Because they're like, oh, shit. So they go jump up and they're trying to... Uh, 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 Travis grabs uh, some bullets for his other rifle, his little hunting rifle. Um, oh, uh, his the little uh, sensors that he had in the trees... Uh, he had it hooked up to uh, light bulbs, like uh, a red light bulb in the house. So if somebody broke that uh, that beam, that light would flash. And that's how they knew that uh, the Oxycom monster was coming. So they kind of, excuse me, they kind of run outside. Uh, but then something comes <laughs> crashing through the walls. And it was the Oxycom monster threw um, Lem's body into the house. So uh, Travis starts shooting uh, just bullets to any direction and then he pulls out uh the Molotov cocktails and then the monster comes charging into the house so he throws um one at it and then it, it kind of catches fire in the living room and then uh it goes running and dives out of the house uh on fire but then uh they, everybody runs outside uh travis's mom tracy they try to get into the truck but then the monster comes and grabs tracy knocks her over Travis's mom jumps into the truck and she's ah she's trying to get away. Um, here comes Furface. He's attacking the monster and the monster's just pushing him around. And Travis is trying to just get some shots at it, so he just starts shooting. Um, the Oxycom monster picks up Furface and throws him into the hood, and he crashes into the windshield uh, of the truck. Yeah, eated uh, him like Jay Uso would say. <laughs> and then uh, Travis hit it a few times. And then it goes limping off into the woods. Travis grabs the uh, one of the torches, and uh, he grabs his rifle and goes running after it. Uh, he finds a footprint in, in, on the trail, and it's got blood in it. Uh, I thought this was going to be the ultimate predator, predator battle at the end. Uh, he's <laughs> he's running. If you if you're watching this and listen to the music, it kind of reminded. It sounded like the predator music when he was running after him. So, cause again, he's got that he's wounded, so he's limping after this thing. Uh, he's finding blood all over the place, and he finally uh, finds it, and it's laying on the ground. And we see its face, and it looks—I um, don't know—it kind of had a long snout, so kind of long snout, furry Bigfoot gorilla monster predator thing. So he's looking at it. He's getting ready to shoot it, and it's just looking at him. Was it and crying? I think so. I mean, it's probably it's yeah. probably smart enough. So he was getting ready to shoot it, but then he puts his rifle down, and he turns to walk away, and then all of a sudden that thing jumps up and rah, pushes him down. He falls down onto the ground. Uh, it knocks uh, the rifle out of his hand, and it knocks the... Um, the the flame the torch out of his hand but he kind of he ends up picking up both of them again the uh the monster grabbed him by the foot and he burned his hand with the torch and then he's still trying to get him away so he's uh he's got his rifle it's one of those little um old uh winchester rifles which when you with the little the when you reload it the thing you push down i don't know what it's called but he starts pumping uh, a few rounds uh, into the monster and it falls over onto the ground and while he's laying there he gets up in front of it and he's looking at it and then he shoots it in the face and then that's it for that monster 
he goes back to his mom and Tracy. The the barn or the cabin is in flames. Uh, he's still bleeding out of his leg. Tracy's lay, laying there. She's okay though, but they're holding uh, Furface, and he's kind of beat up. Well, he did get beat up. He got thrown into the windshield of the truck. Yeah. <laughs> so Travis picks him up. Everybody gets in the truck, and that's your movie. It just hey. kind of ends right there. Irresponsibly leave that fire burning in the woods. <laughs> yeah, you just leave leave that thing there. Hopefully it didn't burn the forest down as well, but well, he left like little torches burning down the road. Well, that's right. And then all the other ones that were around the house were still on fire. He didn't put anything the out. He just he just truck, took off truck, truck that exploded on fire. This is a lot of irresponsibility going on, Travis. <laughs> but I guess they had to get her face to to the bed. Yeah, hopefully to a different vet that's not going to sell them out. But I want to know, well, obviously this secret agency or whoever are still out there. So maybe we get more of them in in the second one. I mean, I don't know. I've never seen it and I I couldn't tell you. But now I'm kind of like, damn, talking about it. Now I want to see it, see where it goes. Because, yeah, this movie just ends. Uh, They they get in the truck, drive off, and the the forest is on fire and... uh, the happy music starts, but that was uh, 1998's uh, Watchers. Um, I'm not much of a reader, but I kind of want to read this book. I wonder if they have it like uh, audio version of it because I I can listen to it when I'm driving to work. Do you have a YouTube Premium? I do. They they put a lot of people put a lot of YouTube or a lot of audio books on YouTube. Uh, let me see, Watchers. Let me see, audio. I'm on Amazon because I know if you got Prime, you can you can also hear it. Some things. Um, I don't want to read it. I want to listen to it. Let me look on YouTube then, because that's how I heard. Um, yeah. Children of the Corn, the short story, Watches the real Dean story. Coon. Watches by Dean Koontz audiobook. Is it? 11 hours and 41 minutes. Yeah, send it to me. I mean, I'll, I'm, it's not like I can do anything. <laughs> so I'll listen to it so I don't have to search for it. But yeah, I'd like to hear more about, uh, I mean, obviously when they turn books into movies, they cut a million things out of it. So, all right, sweet. I'll have to listen to that. Um. Yeah. So that's this is what they gave us. I mean, I it, it the movie's goofy and everything, and it it seems like it's a made-for-TV film, but I liked it. I thought it was a good movie, man. Other than Corey Haim, I mean, he's awesome. Um, wished he was still with us because he probably would have gave us some more stuff. I think what was the last thing he did? Lost Boys. The, oh um, God. The tribe or whatever. I, I got. I got a special place in my heart for that one because I went to the premiere at Comic Con, and um, I met uh, he wasn't there. I met Corey Feldman for the first time there, like really quick, just kind of hey man, right on, cool. Oh, I also went for to the uh, um, premiere of the third one, whatever that one was. Was that the Thirst or the Tribe? I don't, I don't know what those movies were, <laughs> but. Yeah, the last movie I seen him in was he he was in Crank High Voltage. He was in that? 
Yeah, he had like a cameo. Do you remember the Jason Statham, his girlfriend? I guess she yeah. was like a stripper in the second one, and yeah. that was like her like her pimp or something like that. His name was his name was Randy or something. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I just remember watching. That. I was like, "Is that Corey Haim?" Ah. <laughs> well, I also met um, the, from uh, the, the the Lost Boys, the second one, the tribe, the main kid that was in it. I think he did some other movies, uh, some, one of those American Pie band camp movies or what? I don't know. One of those ones. I can't remember. I want to say he was Stifler's brother. I was just and, about to say the movies where they try to make Stifler's brother the main character. Yeah. It, yeah. American Pie Band Camp. That was the one I saw. But uh, yeah, I saw him in uh, in the tribe. I haven't watched those movies in a long time. Spoiler alert: If you haven't seen the uh, the second Lost Boys, uh, Corey Haim is only at the end. Um, and I was like, oh man! So I couldn't wait for the third one. <sighs> the thirst. <laughs> that one. I mean, Corey Feldman, man, you rule. Do what you got to do. Make your money. But I believe Corey came past before this third one came out. So I don't know. It's it's a sad story. I mean, I did watch uh, the two Corys, their their um, reality show, and for a minute, it, it's a lot of these reality shows. They're like they seem staged, like scripted. Mm-hmm. So I thought. It was, but it turned out that I guess it did start it out scripted, but then when they were filming, it got real, like real, real. Like they they weren't they went off script and started they brought up real life stuff in it, and then that was the beginning of their their downfall. I mean, not downfall, but their the ending of their their friendship because uh, of everything. I guess. I know that's 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 that was the first time that I had heard when there was when Corey Haim was telling Corey Feldman that yeah man the guys were touching them and all that and Corey Feldman knew but kept quiet about it. I mean they both did, so I assume both of them were molested at some time when they were kids when they were doing movies. So I, I don't know who did what, but that's what it made it seem. And then from what I understood. Uh, Corey Haim passed. I mean, they said, I guess he was sick, and I don't know if he took uh, some kind of too much of whatever he was to try to make himself well, and then it was a bad reaction, and then he ended up uh, passing away. But it sucks, man. I remember hearing the news when, when Corey Haim, when they said he, he, he died, that Took a, I don't know, man. It was like a part of my childhood, um, mm-hmm. and I, I felt. I mean, I didn't know the man and never met the man, but I just felt like, oh my god, I just it like just floored me. I mean, because you grow up watching someone on on TV. I think he's was he born in seventy one or seventy? I want to say he's the same. He was pretty 71. much. Yeah, he's the same age as me. If he was still alive today, he'd be fifty two. Uh, or he'd about to be his birthday is December twenty third, uh, seventy one. So he'd be turning. He's probably fit. He'd, he'd be fifty one right now. Yeah, he was only thirty eight when he passed. 
Yeah, so man, it it sucked, man. But again, I didn't know the man, but I just knew his his career, and I know they they went through a lot, man. Just from what he said, and Corey Feldman said of them just living that Hollywood life, and then basically just getting thrown away by by Hollywood because they just couldn't have the career that they had. I mean, they weren't. I mean, he was up and coming. He did a lot of movies when he was younger. Corey Feldman as well. I mean, but they they kind of peaked around uh, right after Lost. I mean, they they did Lost Boys, then they did License to Drive, and then they did Dream a Little Dream. I don't think that one did as good as as the other one. It might have been uh, License to Drive where they peaked. This is just my opinion. I I could be wrong, but I mean, and I, I saw everything afterwards. I mean, both of them and the the movies they did do together, and then they did. Started doing separate things like Prayer for the Roller Boys and this and everything else. But Corey Hay, man, he did a lot of good movies. I mean, Lucas, everyone goes to that. Um, I always go to Silver Bullet. That's my favorite um, werewolf film. So, but yeah, man, it's sad and it sucks. Uh, I still wish he was with us at, at, in some way or another. He'd probably be doing the cons uh, with uh, Feldman and out there doing the thing. I do have him in Funko Pop form. Um, no, 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 not him. I got the Frog Brothers. I think there's a Sam out there. Uh, for yeah, Frog there Brothers. is. Okay, shit, I missed it. I know I got the Frog Brothers because I'm glad I got that one because once I got it, um, now it's a, it's expensive. So <laughs> I'm glad that I got that one. But yeah, Corey, hey man, um, rest in peace, brother, man. We love you. We miss you. And it's a sad story. Um, I think there is some books out there of him or you can watch documentaries on what he had done he was trying to make himself better and of course drugs and alcohol and everything throughout his younger years uh kind of messed up uh, a lot of his career uh, same as uh cory feldman but cory feldman's still out there doing it man you guys might not be a fan of his with his music it's an acquired taste at uh, some of the stuff that i've heard <laughs> and he's he's quite a character when, when you meet him um I know he has bodyguards and everything still. I think he just got a divorce uh, with one of uh, the chicks that was in his band. But I don't know, man. If you ever get a chance to catch Corey Feldman, uh, if he's playing in a town near you, um, I say go see it. It's an experience. So just, yeah. But he does do the <laughs> the Lost Boy song, the cry little sister and i mean i'll give it to him man i can't sing I, I i can play the drums and that's about it i'm not saying i'm good i can i can play but man he's up there giving it his all and i'm like right right on for you man you do your thing and anybody man you guys are out there man you play music or write stories or do whatever you do what you do make make yourself you make yourself happy with what you do and if anyone gives you any shit about them fuck them man you're doing it so that's what I love about uh, what Corey Feldman is out there doing. I mean, it's not my bag, baby, but <laughs> I give it to him uh, for him being out there uh, on tour, huffing and puffing on stage uh, and just giving the music. I know a lot of people laugh at him, but no, nah, I don't. I've I've always idolized Corey Feldman and Corey Haim uh, since I was a kid growing up. And I, they still yeah. have a special heart, a place Some, in my heart. Somebody's paying them. Yeah. Because all those shows I see, man, there's hella people in there. Um, he did sign my Friday the 13th book. He was the first Tommy Jarvis. 
So that's awesome. And I got a cool picture with him. I think he was high as fuck when I met him, too. <laughs> but it doesn't matter, man. We all get high. So it's okay. <laughs> we keep it green one way or another. You younger listeners, you got to be over 18 if you want to do all that. But anyway. But all right, everyone, man. That's it for this episode for the Corey Haim, Dean Koontz classic, and Michael Ironside classic uh, watchers. And I, I, I'm curious, man. I got to watch watchers too you know what everyone who knows maybe we'll come back not anytime soon but we are going to come back brian and i are going to tackle the the rest of these films because i am interested to see uh where it goes i know dean coons had nothing to do with them i'm sure they probably still paid him because they're they're using his story but i'm sure you got a paycheck yeah we'll see on uh how that goes but all right everyone that is it this episode one more episode everyone and 30 31 days of horror and it's coming we won't tell you what it is just come back tomorrow for our final episode of east society's 31 days of horror 2023 and brian and i will both be back tomorrow so big shout outs to everyone so far that's helped us and uh yeah come back tomorrow for more so until then be safe out there and party on and once again Rest in peace, Corey Haynes.